Welcome to episode 826 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, July 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, my friend? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, we are pushing forward. We're maybe going to get some baseball, but everyone has COVID. <laughs> it's true. This is like the worst sitcom ever. <laughs> Everyone has COVID with a laugh track. You know it has a laugh track. <laughs> I just saw Eduardo Rodriguez is added to the list. Oh, no. Just, yeah. I mean, this is... Uh, we were talking about this before we, you know, got on air. And uh, I said, like, this fantasy season is going to be a season of attrition. It's just going to be who really can... Really Yeah, dip and dodge the most amount of COVID cases. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I absolutely believe that. And, you know, who picks up the guys that are able to benefit from, you know, benefit's such a terrible word to use in this case, but who pick up the playing time in, uh, you know, in, in the absence of the players who, who get it. I think that's going to be a big deal. And that's, that is, it's going to be the most like fantasy football it's ever been, both with the shortness and, like you said, the battle of attrition, because that's what fantasy football is. Yep. And that's why waivers matter so much in fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, full disclosure, I moved back my main event. I was supposed to do my first main event on Thursday. And, mm-hmm. uh, and me and my partner discussed it, and we went, listen, we like the idea of not having an ADP be available for everyone. Uh, but, that being said, I, I don't want to draft Christian Yelich and then find out next week that he's out for the first two weeks of the season because of COVID or longer. Exactly. I mean, think about the people. I'm in an MEQ and someone drafted Freddie Freeman on the one two turn. And then two hours later, it was announced that not only does he have COVID, but that he is symptomatic and really I was struggling. Yes, because that's the thing, too. We've got symptomatic versus asymptomatic. Joey Gallo is asymptomatic. That's, you know, obviously better. And But what if you get two, three, four guys that get it and they're symptomatic, so they could be out longer, they could be dealing with it more. It's it, it's a nightmare. It really yep. is. And I, I'm i not 100% sure the season's going to go. And I think it's going to go, but I think it could easily get shut back down again. Like I, yeah. th- I think we're gonna get games. Do I think we're gonna get sixty games? Uh, I do not feel very confident that I put the chance that we get even forty-five games at like twenty-five percent. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's a like it's a high potential to finish all sixty. And obviously, we're hoping. You know, from the jump, we've talked about despite being pessimistic, we want there to be. You know, and I. I jokingly was like, we're not even getting a season. I posted on Twitter. Some of the responses I got were so unbelievably stupid, the way it was interpreted, as if I would be happy about it. One guy thought, oh, you're just posting this so you can show everyone how smart you are if that happens down the line. No, I'm not. I don't want to be right on that, dude. This sucks. Yeah. This blows dude the majority of your livelihood is from baseball like exactly that's the last thing you I want, to want this less yeah but at the same time i'm using the old brain uh and i'm like how's this gonna happen i don't know and i tend i, I do tend to see it more like you where I, I think it'll go it'll start but it won't finish uh more is more what i mean when i say we're not gonna have a season because I don't. It has to get to a certain amount of games to even count as anything in the fantasy realm. Yeah, uh, that's and that's the like. I think it'll finish from a real baseball perspective. I think they're going to force playoffs. <laughs> like, like it may be like uh, you know teams you know starting uh, you know guys who weren't even on the original you know thirty man rosters 60 <laughs> yeah. or sixty even. They're yeah. pulling a seventy fourth guy uh-huh. as the game three World Series starter. Yeah, you know we'll we'll have you know uh, you know a World Series where uh, the MVP is Tyler Naquin, you know, or something like that. But yep, uh, you know, I I think I mean the, the money makes the world go round, and it definitely makes the baseball world go round. So I do think that we will get some version of the season. Uh, and then some version of the playoffs, but 
I don't think it's going to be what we necessarily expect. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I mean, we keep saying that because, again, I guess there are people out there who think that that we're saying it in any other way, but just trying to be honest about how we feel in no universe. Do we want that? And um, I want I just want to be clear about that. I know those of you who listen all the time have heard me say that caveat so many times, but I guess it needs to be repeated. We do not want to be right here. We're just saying how we feel with every all the news that keeps coming out and the way everything goes. And, you know, I think you you were the same when we were saying that they're not even going to kick off and, and make a deal. We changed on that when they started talking out more openly. It was like, okay, now we have a higher percentage thinking that they might get a deal done. But now with all the tests and all the positives, and listen, I understand it's still not a high number yet or, or anything, like even as more and more come in. But it, it, it does seem to be, it's not that the spigot is on fully. Like you think of turning on your water faucet. You don't have it on all the way. But you know, like when you just leave it on a little bit too much and it's just a constant not even a drip, but more of a little bit of a stream. I think that's how we're getting it with these positives right now. There's a uh, spreadsheet out there that Jeff by John Becker who that Jeff put in his latest Mining the News. Y'all should bookmark that. I, he's probably scrambling to keep up because there's four or five guys that he doesn't have on here yet that he's going to need to put on today. So, again, we want it to happen. Uh, I think they will get to at least a starting line. We don't know where we're going to go from there. By the way, friend, friend Friend Reyes is isolating away from the Indians after attending a Fourth of July celebration without masks. Sick, dude. Yeah, sick. And see, that's the stuff where I go, dude. What are you doing? What are you like? Like, and you know, like you know, like it's one thing to attend a celebration, which you probably shouldn't be doing anyways. It's another thing to do without a mask. Like, yep. oh, yep. Like, and and that's the that's the whole thing about you know regulating all these folks both the players and the the personnel associated and 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 trying to keep that's why the bubble idea was never going to work there's no way and then you know this is asking for personal responsibility and there's all sorts of different uh, everyone's not unified in baseball as like we're all one and we're all gonna wear masks you got sean doolittle all the way down and that you know he doesn't play anymore but there are dipshits like aubrey huff that are in the league now yeah tons Tons. Well, and, and you got to so, think too, like there, it's a bunch of twenty-year-olds for the most part, right? Yes, that's true too. And yep. like when I was twenty-something years old, uh, especially when I was still drinking, I made mm-hmm. stupid decisions. Because not me, everything yes. was not me. It, it can happen, but not me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I acknowledge it's real, but not me. Yep. And that—that's the way you know. Until you start to get older and realize, yes, you, yes, you, yes, people in your family, yes, people close to you. But yeah, so there's a lot going on there. But it's not going to be all negative. We're going to get that out of the way there. Let's talk some positive stuff. Let's try to have some fun here. We're going to pick some league leaders in the standard 5x5 categories. Homer, stolen bases, average, runs, ribbies, wins, strikeouts, saves, ERA, and whip for each league. And, you know, I don't think it's going to just be a standard obvious, uh, obvious names being picked here based on the fact that you and I both know what we just talked about, battle of attrition here. Crazy stuff's happening. Now, we might pick a guy who tests positive 32 seconds after we say his name, <laughs> but we're going to go for it anyway, okay? So what, what do you say we try to pick some league leaders here this year, and we'll start at the very top with home runs. Who are you looking at in the American League that you think can lead home runs? And by the way, I'll give you two. You can do two names. You can do your, I like this, but keep an eye on this if you want at any position. Okay. Uh, I mean, for me, it's Nelson Cruz in the okay. uh, in the American League. Uh, I mean, j- just look at his numbers from, let's just say, July 24th on last year. He was mm-hmm. finally healthy. He hit 20 home runs, had 56 RBIs, hit 374, 438, 765 triple slash. Jeez. Like, and yeah, I mean, I want Nelson Cruz on every single one of my teams the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's been a bummer that my first two drafts since, you know, drafts really started back up again. I haven't gotten him. But yeah, Nelson Cruz would be my big uh, shout out to my boy, Jorge Soler, who I have gotten in both of my drafts so far. Uh, in A little uh, bit slept on. Yeah. A little bit slept on. Like uh, for what he did last year 
where's the tax? And I'm not mad about it because, again, you know, we can benefit from it. So maybe we should shut up. But no, no, like, obviously, he costs more in the draft than he did last year. But I would have expected, like, why is he not closer to Pete Alonzo? What, what what did Pete Alonso do that was so much better? He's younger, sure, but it's also not like Jorge Soler's ancient. So I, I find that curious. So that's a good call. He could lead. A, he led the American League, um, and Alonso led baseball, right? So yeah, I think he could lead the American League again. And he's gonna be 28. He's firm. Jorge Soler is firmly in his prime. I got him in this MEQ, this slow draft MEQ that I'm doing right now. Uh, which has a few listeners to the show. Uh, got mm-hmm. got some shout outs in the comments. So, uh, you know, uh, thanks guys for listening. Uh, but uh, I got him at pick 96. I think that's a great price. And I, I think with with him sitting there, usually I think the earliest you really have to go on Solaire is like something in the late 70s, early 80s. And I think with that, and that's the earliest you have to go. You can afford to be a little bit power light going into that area of the draft because you can get like a Moustakis Solaire combo and catch up. So if you're drafting a DJ LeMahieu, who you're not expecting necessarily to pop 25 homers again, and even that 25 um, is not a massive number in comparison to some of these guys that are hitting 35 plus. You know, you get a couple guys like that, or maybe you go a little bit pitching heavy. You're not going to fall as behind in power because guys like Soler are there. So you're going Cruz and Soler for the American League. I like it. I'm going to pick Matty O, Matt Olson, as as my guy. And I, I would have said keep an eye on Fran Mill, but he had to go <laughs> and be a doof. That would have been my easy one to say. So I'm going to stay st- same team, former leader, looking healthy, Chris Davis. Mm-hmm. So we're not fully out of the box here. We're not finding some guy who is, you know, in the minors last year leading it. But I think, you know, with homers and and I'm not going to go too far afield there because I think when if these guys are playing, these are the guys who are going to be bashing homers. So yeah, only 23 last year for Chris Davis. Very clear indication of when he got hurt in Pittsburgh playing the field. You kind of do the splits before and after. It's it's so obvious that that hurt him. He is reportedly healthy now, ready to go. And so that's all I'm going to go with. Matteo and Davis, a couple of Oakland A's. What do you think? I, I like both. Uh, Chris Davis has been kind of my pivot uh, when I don't get uh, Nelson Cruz. I, I want to get Matt. I want to get uh, Davis on my team. So uh, big fan of him. Big fan of Matt Olson as well uh, in this uh, MEQ I was in. I almost took him in uh, the... Let's see the the third round, but I ended up taking Austin Meadows instead. And I, I like I that. Just, I just I sent you. you uh, I just sent you a screenshot of what my team is through seven rounds. Oh, I really like that. Lindor, JD. I almost picked JD. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, Austin Meadows, Darvish, Robles, Rogers. So you really have every base covered here. I yes. definitely have the outfield covered. Yeah, your outfield <laughs> is insane with Martinez, Meadows, Robles, Soler. But you got power, speed, and average all over the joint. Lindor, obviously, an everything kind of guy. You got your ace. You got your ace closer. Let's go. Team is has a foundation, and now you can kind of take it in any direction there. You're not stuck with, I have to pick this, so I'm going to take a lesser value for anything. Uh, I, I like being in those situations, of course. All right. Let's move on to speed. And I'm really interested in I, – I don't know. This is pure speculation slash hope. If any teams are going to just take the reins off and say, this is a wild season, let's run wild. We're going to throw back, maybe not to the 80s, but we're going to throw back a bit and we're going to just maximize speed. And I wonder if one team will be kind of uh, leading the charge speed wise. So who's your main guy? And then who's your keep an eye on for leading the. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm an idiot. National League. Oh, yeah, uh, National League. Home, home runs. Hello, Paul. Sorry. Backtrack. Back it up. Beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> All right, NL guys, uh, your main, and then your, and then you're keeping an eye on. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go Nolan Arenado for for okay. uh, my main, and then uh, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Suarez was fantastic uh, after you know. I don't want to say you know right around the same time that uh, bananas, Nelson, yeah. Nelson Cruz was. So if, you know, if we look at what he did and in, in, in what's going to be currently the season. 
Um, so from July 24th on last year, 22 home runs, 294 batting average. Uh, yeah, I, I like Suarez. He's a guy that is still depressed from uh, price-wise from uh, the uh, you know shoulder surgery or shoulder injury uh, that he suffered earlier That's in right. the year. Yeah, uh, and so he's still going way too late. I like that. Uh, you know, two solid picks there with Arenado and Suarez. I'm gonna go as my main. I'm gonna go Schwarber. Hmm. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, dude, dude just smashes. And I think he could absolutely, uh, you know, be the be the league leader by the end there. And as my keep an eye on, maybe not maybe not the top pick. I'll go. Oh my gosh! You know what? I almost wish I could change an AL pick. I forgot Renfro's a Ray now. I would have made him kind of a kind of a sneak pick, but I'll I'll, I'll stick with what I've got there. You know what? I'll go with one who's not like known for 80 grade power or anything but just mashes i'm gonna go michael conforto as the other one i mean he he went 27 28 33 the last three years and he seems to have a hot streak all the time uh you know just one of those go off streaks so i'm gonna make him my my keep an eye on guy there i like michael conforto i wouldn't be surprised if he led the national league in home runs again he's not a favorite if you were Betting in Vegas, I'm sure you can get pretty strong odds. But yeah, that's who, that's who I'll go with there with Schwarber and uh, Conforto. So we've got Arenado Suarez, Schwarber, Conforto. Now, speed. The league leader in stolen bases this year could be like six. <laughs> or again, maybe a team you know takes takes off the reins completely and and really pushes some guy you know a bunch of guys on their team, and we have a few guys pushing. I don't know, you know. 20 steals. Like it's possible. Where where are you going to go? Let's start with the AL. What do you like for uh steals leaders? Oh, come on. You know this answer. It's it's uh, Malik Malik Smith. He's Duh. uh you know. If you didn't, I would have ended the pod. Today. Yeah, no. Malik Smith, he, he's on a really bad team that's going to play him because they And he's a really bad player too. And, so. Yeah, and it's... and they're just going to let him run. So uh, I I fully expect him to uh, be among or the the league leader in, in stolen bases. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously Mondesi is obviously an interesting guy. I you he's know the obvious he's the thing. obvious he's the bit. favorite. Um, but uh, let's see, you know, if we think Mondesi is going to steal because the Royals are going to steal, I would not be surprised to see Whit Merrifield have another big year. Okay. Get back to because he had that drop off last year. He still ended up having a really good fantasy season when you look at it. Uh, it's just that he he shaved like 15 SBs off, and it, it it people felt it because they were expecting that big that big burst from Merrifield. So I think he wound up with what like 25, and again that was literally 20 off of his pace from the year before, and he had a lot more caughts. Uh, oh no, f- f- from 45 to 20, so he lost he lost 25 SBs. But he still had a darn good season. 302, 16 homers, 74 ribs with those 20 steals and 105 runs. So you can't really be mad, but you were trying to fill the hole of those missing SBs. So I like I like the concept there that you're saying that if he leads or if if the Royals lead, he could be also getting back into the high numbers there. All right, for the American League. Let's see here. I'm gonna do it. I don't feel great about it, but you know what? He only needs to stay healthy for two months. I'm going to pick Buxton as my guy. Nice. And it'd be fun to just watch him go off. You know, he he seems to have like a two-month run every year. Yeah. That just happens to be the bulk of his season, unfortunately. So hopefully he stays healthy, goes running wild there. I'll, I'll put Buxton as the primary. And then... I, I want to put Bichette, but I just don't know if he's going to have the volume. He could, but I don't know. So for my keep an eye on guy, I'm going to actually stay same division and say Mercado. He quietly put a 15-15 last year, and you know he was really good. We always talk about how in Fabapalooza he was kind of the forgotten guy and ended up being arguably the best of the bunch. And he went 15-15. His speed is there for a lot more. He's the kind of guy that if we if we had gotten a full season, I would have projected him to hit 15 homers again, even in the full season, not necessarily add, but that I think he could steal 30. So he could be 
stealing 15 again in this shortened season, and that might be enough to lead it. So I'm going to say keep a close eye on Mercado there, uh, stealing again for Cleveland. So that's my guy. Those are my guys, Buxton and Mercado. Nice. I, I like those a lot. National League time. Give us uh, your main, and then your uh, your, your your sneakier lower lower guy. Uh, I, my main. I'm going to go with Jonathan VR again on a bad team that uh, he's definitely going to play on. Uh, and that... way, uh, let me interrupt you quickly. We're picking some obvious guys because we're trying to be right too. Yeah. You know, it's not not everything. That's why the second guy is in there to be a little bit keep an eye on. Type. Mm-hmm. Okay, but go ahead with VR on Miami now for and, those that I might mean... have forgot. We're also skipping some obvious guys too, like Trey Turner yeah. and like, you know, I'm not picking Victor Robles, but I, you know, I mean, there's only six players, I believe, uh, projected by Steamer to steal double, double digit bases and only eight projected by uh, ATC. So like, it's it, like, we're obviously not going to pick all the obvious guys, but you know, there's obviously some guys that could. Some leave. have to get in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, Jonathan VR, he's just on a bad team in the Marlins. So I think they'll, they'll be better than people think. Um, but I think they will push it on the base pass. I mean, that's the only reason he's on be, the team. So, I mean, that's me making them better mm-hmm. is the fact that they're going to push it on the base. I think that's going to be contributing to making them a better than we think type of offense because they're going to wreak havoc once they get on with VR, with John Birdie. Um, you know, he's not super fast or anything, but Brian Anderson, I think, could steal, could swipe a few. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, I feel like they have another guy that I'm missing. But anyway, I think that's going to be part of the Marlins' a- appeal is that they can hit a little bit and they can run. Uh, oh, uh, Isan Diaz, I think, mm-hmm. can run a bit. And Lewis Brinson, if he ever gets on base, but that's not. Yay, like, Brinson. No, 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 no. All right, and then who's your, uh, who's your keep an eye on guy? Uh, Gerard Dyson. Okay, good. You didn't take my guy. I'll, I'll represent the pod with my pick. So, I mean, Dyson. Uh, he, I mean, he could lead off some days for for the Pirates against righties. He could absolutely lead off. Uh, and I mean, all he brings to the table is speed. Mm-hmm. So I, I like and Dyson. Swag. Speed yeah, and swag. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's just one of those guys that is never drafted. Like, I mean, oh, he, I he's always that guy that people don't draft at all. But would it surprise me if he finishes the season with like twelve stolen bases? It would not. No, he, he's it, it, he's Malik Smith light. He really is, and and like you said, could be leaning off against righties, and maybe even still playing against lefties. He, Dyson is not necessarily out against all lefties. He probably should be. Yeah. But I'm not sure that they necessarily have the players that make it so he's guaranteed to be out against them. Uh, but yeah, fi- he could find a few days up in the uh, upper part of the order there. He's giving Kevin Newman or, or Brian Reynolds a breather. But either way, he's going to be in that lineup. Dyson is against lefties. That is a good pick there. And his his ADP is nothing. Three, and I think in a shortened season. Go th- ahead. His ADP is 331 in the uh, online championship sprints that have been going that's on. In- that's incredible. I mean, for, for possibly 12 steals. And I know part of the issue with him, with Dyson, has been when do you play him? I think in a in a year like this with so much going on, you might actually be able to set it and forget it, even though he's not playing every day, because there could be so much mixing and matching that a lot of guys aren't playing every day. So maybe you are able to just leave him in there because there's nothing worse than when you have a guy like this. And Rajay Davis used to be like this when he was a part time player and he does the three stolen base game on your bench. That is so killer because then it makes you want to start him the next week and then he plays two games. So it's it's like you're chasing your tail. But I feel like in 15 teamers, we might actually be able to put Dyson as a fifth outfielder and just leave him, uh, especially if you're volume focused on the rest of your squad. Maybe you can afford that comfort, um, that luxury item of having Dyson and just say whatever steals he gives me. Fine. I've got everything else covered with my other four outfield spots. I like it, though. Good, good, good picks there. I definitely prefer having the guy that you're going to pick on, on my roster, though. So my main pick. I'm going to make him my main pick. Oh, okay. I shouldn't, but I'm going to... Garrett Hampson. Oh, okay. That, I mean, oh, that, is that not who you thought? No, that is not who I thought, but I love oh, it. Okay. I absolutely love it. That's what I meant by represent the pot. I mean, we... Mm, you know, Okay, I thought you were going to go a different direction. We, we jocked him so much last year. I, I got I to gotta give him the love. Uh, you mentioned Robles. You know, if we, if we were focused on more obvious, like trying to win a bet as opposed to uncovering some guys for y'all to keep a closer eye on, I would probably pick Robles or VR as you did, or Trey Turner. Those are the three 
likely in the National League. But I'm going to go Hampson as the main, and then I'm going to go Tommy Edmond as my keep an eye on. And I think with the NLDH, that that opens up his playing time, not because he'll DH, but because guys that would take time away from him, namely Matt Carpenter, can fill in in that DH spot. So he has the speed to do it, too. He has really strong speed. In fact, I believe in his speed way more than I believe in the pop we saw out of Tommy Edmond last year. So I think if he's playing every day, he could absolutely have mid-teens SBs, which is probably going to lead the league there. So now I'm very curious as to who you thought I was going to take. I thought you were going to take John Birdie. Okay, yeah. I We mentioned him there, so I wasn't sure, uh, yeah, if that counted. He, he he did get a mention. I like Birdie. I have been I had been taking him in some drafts back in February slash March, but uh, I decided to leave him since we had kind of mentioned him a little bit there with but uh I with do VR. I do like Hampson and Edmund for the same reason, which is eligible in lots of different places. Always, always such a uh, we, something that you and I have always loved. I think this year more important than ever. So don't uh, don't sleep on the eligibility. All right, let's go to batting average, and I'm going to ask you this just off rip. What do you think the league leading batting average is going to be? I think someone's going to hit 400. Ooh, okay. I love that you that you think that, and I hope you're right. Now, I I I was gonna. My guess is 382, like a kind of a random number, but I'm thinking something very high. I didn't quite get to 400, but I love that you think somebody's going to do it. Do you, is it going to be an AL or NL guy? And if so, he's obviously going to be your main pick. So let's start with AL. Who you got? Who uh, I'm going to go with JD Martinez. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, he is just going to have a, uh, a huge year uh, in Boston. Nobody's talking about him. Saw him like, I think drop down to like the third round in one of the OCs. I think the Jeff Erickson uh, beat Jeff yeah, Erickson why, league. Why is he slept on right now? Uh, I think he is uh, unsexy. Uh, apparently he's, he's already he's already shifted into boring vet i i guess so i, I, I mean he Jay, doesn't man. steal that i mean that, no, that right. is obviously right. part of it um and a lot of the outfielders especially going in the same spot do steal at least something uh you know he's older so people obviously discount and then mookie Betts leaving boston you know hurts his overall production numbers you know That's in terms true. of That's you know true. what he can get in terms of rbi so uh, I'll I still take him every day. I, I will too. And then uh, I, I took him in the second round of, of that uh, MEQ I'm doing right now. So, uh, and I have a lot, I have him on a lot of teams uh, from earlier this year. So I, I love, I love JD Martinez. Me too. It's just so easy. He's just so easy to root for. He's so good. And, you know, he could be our next Nelson Cruz in that he could have a very long career just DHing and mashing year in and year out. And everyone, not everyone, but that a, a large contingent of fantasy will keep trying to get off before things go south. And then we'll look up one day and he's 38, still popping 38 homers, something like that for JD. He's only 32 this year, though. So he's not even ancient. I like it. Great pick. Who's your sneak tip? Mm, sneak tip. Let's go with. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh, American League is actually not as thick as uh, the National League. Uh, I'll go Luis Urias. I mean, I mean, he's not really a sneak two, tip guy. Two things: not a sneak tip, and yeah. you can't take my guy. Oh, okay. He's actually projected to lead, and I was just gonna go quickly and be like, "Hey, Arise, obviously, because I love him." Mm -hmm. But he is projected by ATC to lead. Yeah. So we're not even being sneaky there, but we could, we'll we'll put him we'll put him up. As don't forget about Luis Arise. Uh, David Fletcher. Now that's sneak tip. There you now, go. You, you done did it there with sneak tips. So talk to us about Fletcher. Talk about a guy who has versatility. Home dude, I think literally has everything but catcher eligibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't. The American League actually is not an easy uh, league to do this with. And so. Uh, it's actually a lot of the good batting average guys are in the National League. Uh, but, I mean, you know, insane zone contact percentage, insane contact percentage in general. But, I mean, 97% zone contact percentage, uh, you know, if pitchers are a little bit off uh, and, you know, and, and kind of missing in the zone, kind of, you know, he's a guy that could take advantage. Uh, the Angels have a good lineup, but there's definitely lots of places where he can get in because he plays so many places. So, 
David exactly. Fletcher, he's not a guy that I've gotten on really any teams because I typically don't like the guys who don't offer much other than batting average, but he's yeah, definitely empty a guy. empty batting average. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's definitely a guy that I think could hit for like a surprising batting average uh, in, you know, a short sample type season. No, I, I agree. And um, I think that's an interesting call out there with Fletcher. Here, here, it is that empty. I got I got a trivia question for you. Okay. From July twenty fourth on last year, who led the league in batting? Or who led the majors in batting average? Is it an AL guy? It is an AL guy. It's a guy that's already been mentioned on this show. Ah, oh, son of a gun. Um, DJ LeMahieu. Nope. Nelson Cruz. Uh, dang it! Oh my God! That is three seventy four so, batting average. I swear on my life. I was going to make a passing mention of him just under the idea of you could, and I was going to say, you could pick your home run guy and it would be feasible. Mm-hmm. I had, I don't know why I didn't just say him then, but I was going to, I literally just highlighted his name on the uh, projection sheet here. I was like, you know, Cruz could actually hit 340, but that's crazy. What did he hit from July 24th on? 374. Dude, that should be your sneak tip guy, but I like the Fletcher <laughs> call out. I mean, uh, he could conceivably lead the american league in three categories uh mm-hmm. largely because he did last year <laughs> yeah no that's 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 really that's really crazy he's he's so good nelson cruz is and i know that we're really um making rob silver happy here discussing mm-hmm. him or maybe unhappy because it might boost his price up which is the, the whole crux of maybe, uh, maybe rob's Rob, issue. maybe rob's happy i'm not in his main event anymore there you go that way he doesn't have to fight you for me because, yeah, we were acutely aware of the the price that he's going at, that Cruz is going at, that is far too low. Um, all right. I agree with you, by the way, as far as the American League picks here. They're, they're, they're not as – I don't think it's as robust to pick kind of off the radar guys. And I, I, will, I will go with the obvious. I'll go Luis Arise. He's picked as the leader. I know that's – we're trying not to pick the guys who are the obvious ones, but that is – Somebody I would have picked even before he was projected to lead lead the league by uh, by ATC. He just makes such robust contact. So so often he makes contact. It's not always the most robust, by the way. Um, he doesn't crush the ball, but he hits it well enough that I think liners, hard grounders, and even the occasional uh, long fly ball in the gap, uh, maybe even over the yard here and there. But for the most part, we're looking at. Uh, Hits in the yard for Luis Arise. He's projected with a 3.11, a five-point lead over Christian Yelich. Kind of a significant gap there when you when you think about it. Uh, I mean, five points isn't that much, but I'm surprised that he. I'm surprised it's not a tighter cluster in the projections. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and I'm actually surprised that it's only 3.11 projected for the leader. But I guess you got to be a little bit careful with uh, projections. They don't want to get too outsized. But yeah, Luis Arise is the obvious one. And then the more sneak tip, keep an eye on, this guy could definitely do it. Um, again, I really did want to give a passing mention to Cruz. I love that. 374. Jeez, dude. He's so insane. He, he's, he's bananas. Um, no, but for my, for my guy, I'll go. Hanser Alberto. <laughs> no, because he doesn't fit. You know what? He doesn't face enough lefties. If the East was lefty loaded, I might actually give him a little bit of love there because he beasted on them so bad. Although he had he like had, a massive. He, he had three oh six last year. Dude, it was crazy. He had like four oh four against right uh, lefties. Mm-hmm. So that tells you that he didn't do a damn thing against righties, and he's gonna be facing a ton of them. You know, I could go like the Nick Madrigal route. I think that's a little bit on the nose though too if and when he gets that playing time i'm i'm tr- I'm trying to balance the uh because your fletcher pick got me sprung because that was a really good one you know what i'm gonna go another twin i'm gonna go willens ask the deal forget it i gotta do it <laughs> but he's got covid oh yeah that's right <laughs> everyone does though so who cares yeah but I'll, I'll pick him i agree with you though i, I didn't find as many fun picks it'll like, probably be michael brantley Oh, yeah, he probably will. I could see Brantley hitting like 370. Uh, but, yeah, it's always like, you know, it's Brantley, DJ LeMayhew, Bogarts. There are, too many of them were kind of on the nose. And like I said, even my main pick, Arias, is on the nose because he's projected to lead. But Altuve, Trout, I, I don't know. G- giving you guys those names doesn't feel like we're doing a whole lot. So it's I'll, I'll go helpful, two twins. Yeah. I'll go Arias and Estadio in the American League. Now, I want to pick first in the National League just so you don't take my guy. All right, do it. 
I got to take Justin Turner here. I think Justin Turner is going to have the sickest run here and could actually be a fringe MVP candidate. Hmm. Because think about it. Every year he has a huge run where he's out of his mind for, And you it's know, usually health is the thing that sets him exactly. back. Yeah, and he's selfish. 50, 60 games. And again, the shorter season does not make him immune from injuries. That's not the point. And um, I, I reiterate that because I do think some people have been kind of acting that way as if these, these injury risk guys no longer have that risk. I don't agree with that. But it's a lot shorter time that he needs to stay healthy. I mean, um, but you look at any given moment uh, or at any given stretch when he is healthy and going, it seems like Justin Turner can go off on a huge run for, like I said, 50, 60 games uh, of an extended of an extended go. I mean, you look at a uh, random like 40. Hang on, let me, let me expand it a little bit here. I'll go 50 games on the button here. He hit 333 from April 26th to June 28th. It's, it's a random sample. What if I add in 10 more? Get us to 60 games. It was 312 with 11 homers um, and a 906 OPS. So, yeah, I think Justin Turner has a good chance to lead the league and, like I said, possibly even be a fringe NL MVP candidate. And then my sneak tip in the NL, I think there's a lot more options, so I'm actually really eager to hear your guys. Um, I'm going to pick Jesse Winker. And another health issue, but also the fact that sometimes they don't play him as much because a platoon, they don't really let him get, get opportunities against lefties. They pretty much decided that he can't hit them. And he hasn't hit them very well in the majors, but he also hasn't really gotten a legit opportunity. But one of the reasons I like him is there's a lot of righties to pick on. There aren't that many lefties in the central. So I think the schedule is going to end up favoring Winker a good bit here. Um, in that mega central there. So I'm going to pick Wink, Jesse Winker as my sneak tip. What do you think about my NL picks? Uh, I like Turner. Not a big Winker guy. Uh, okay. no, I mean, he definitely has this, the plate skills to to do that. So uh, especially in a, in a shortened sample, I, I do worry about if, you know, if he can stay healthy even in a short sprint and then all the other guys. I mean, that team is loaded. They are definitely loaded. The NL, the, the DH certainly helps them. And hopefully will, you know, leave him uh, without uh, having to be taken out all the time. But there's only there's only 13 lefties in the central projected to start. And using the method that I did, which was look at the FIP on on the bat projection, uh, where sub four was good, 401 to 470 was solid, and 471 or higher was bad. There were zero goods, five solid, and eight bad as far as the uh, the lefties slated to start in the central. So I like Winker there. I think he's got a good opportunity to really to really go off. All right. Uh, and, by the way, I'll point out, they have one of the better lefties of their own, Wade Miley, who he won't face. So it's only 12 for him. But now I'll get your NL picks. I mean, the obvious answer is Juan Soto, so I'm not going to take him. Plus, can um, he just get COVID? No, he was just ex- he was just around a teammate that got it. Oh, okay. okay. So, so he 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 uh, has not yet tested positive, but he's in doing a seven day isolation or quarantine, so that way uh, they can do a few tests before letting him come back to the team. So smart, smart. Um. So, but I mean, I I do think like if we're actually if I was putting money down, it would be Juan Soto. Yes. I, I mean, his, I like his you know plate skills are insane, but I'm gonna go two kind of off the board uh, a little bit. I'm gonna go with Lorenzo Cain as my first one. Ooh, okay. I yeah. like that. Really high zone contact percentage. Doesn't swing outside the zone, a, you know, a terrible amount like some of the guys who have high contact percentages do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in that good park, uh, you know, playing in the, you know, against the AL Central as well as the NL Central. I, I really like Lorenzo Kane this year. Um, uh, and then I'm going to go Howie Kendrick. Ah, that's a good one. I considered. I considered him give, giving him a mention there. Kendrick's a beast, and the NLDH is really going to help him. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's just going extremely late, like around the pick 260. Uh, and I just think like he's one of those guys that if you're really hurting for batting average late, you know, multi-positional eligible, he, you know, offers that batting average. going to be, you know, right now I think projected to be like fifth in that lineup. Like, I that's, know. That's insane. Ama- Kendrick was amazing last year. And – this wasn't a skills 
burst out of nowhere. He's a damn fine hitter. So it's really about, you know, staying on the field and everything. And he might not have to be on the field that often with the DH, especially with Ryan Zimmerman opting out. That kind of clears the path for Kendrick. So, yeah, that's a great call. He had 344 last year. He's hit over 300 each of the last three years. And outside of a blip in 2016 when he hit 255, he's been at 293 or better six of the last seven seasons. So that's a great bet there. And Also, sh- actually shout, be- out, shout out to his teammate, Starlin Castro, which I think could do the same. Yes, yes. And so they have three guys there. That that because Soto's squinched in between them there, they have three guys that could be and don't sleep on Turner and Eaton. I mean, you look at their top five; they could all be hitting. That there's a world where they're all hitting like 320, and and just sending the uh, uh, lineup around and around there, and hopefully that sets up. And if Carter uh, Keboon can deliver on any of his prospect promise, like oh. that becomes just an extremely dangerous lineup. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I love I love the Kendrick call out there, and uh, he's definitely somebody that I'll I'll be looking at as a later pick because I don't think that his price has really moved up to any sort of um, you know prohibitive level, and it won't either because he's older and he doesn't play all the time. But he could play full time this year with the DH and Zimmerman being out. All right, let's move on to runs. A little bit of a tougher one. Uh, if only because it's harder to have the off the wall picks because we're probably going to be focused on the better teams and the better players yeah, but, yeah, at the top of the lineup. So yes, like, exactly. Yeah. So let's try anyway, but uh, what do you got for the American league with runs? Uh, American league. I'm going to say it's, uh, it's Alex Bregman. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, just hitting at the top of that, just fantastic lineup. Uh, you know, you know, showed better plate discipline last year. Now some will obviously chalk that up to having a buzzer. Uh, but I, I do believe that, uh, you know, a lot of those skills are legit as well. So, uh, Alex Bregman is a guy that I think, uh, is still sometimes getting pushed down, uh, because of all the, uh, the, the gate issues. I don't mm-hmm. remember the buzzer gate is what, what, what they were calling it. Uh, but, uh, I think he's still, and, and I think, he could add stolen bases this year. You know, we're talking about a new manager who's a bit more old school. Maybe he lets him run a little bit. I think Bregman yeah. is underrated. They might just go for it. I, I agree that he is a bit underrated, and I, I don't think there's going to be the whole let's let's huck the ball at them t- sort of stuff. The fans won't really be there, like kind of egging it on, so to speak. So I, I agree that that he's got a great opportunity, Bregman does. Because, yeah, I think he benefited from it. But d- did all of his ability come from that? No, I don't think either of us believe that. So that's a good call out. Who's who's a little bit, uh, little bit further off the radar? Marcus Simeon. Ah, I like that. So, okay, so there's been pushback on Simeon for the shortened season because volume has been such a key to his game. And... Even if you play all 60 games, it's going to be hard to really leverage a big volume advantage because 60 versus 56 or 55 is not that much. So what do you what do you think about that pushback? Are you a full believer in his skills um, or do you think he is an accumulator who might have some troubles? I think he definitely gets hurt by the fact we're not playing 162. Uh, that being said, I do believe in his skills and we have seen kind of big power years. We you know, saw 27 home runs from him, uh, previously we've seen double digit stolen bases from him previously. Uh, and he's just going to be hitting at the top of that lineup. And so, yes, does he get hurt overall from it? Sure. But he's still going to get more plate appearances than a guy hitting six, you know, a, you know, a shortstop hitting six. Uh, will and while he doesn't maybe have the uh, <clears throat> the upside in the stolen bases that you're looking for sometimes from the middle infield, he definitely still has that upside in runs scored uh, and just overall production. Yeah, I like it. I, I love Marcus Simeon. He's so easy to root for too. I think that definitely plays a role in 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 my like of him. But um, I I believe he is highly skilled, and I understand the pushback. With back-to-back seasons of 700 plate appearances, why why people would be uh, have a little bit of concern of like, hey, what are we going to get this year when he can't he can't get that big leverage of of uh, playing time advantage? But this is still a very skilled player. He's 29. He's still in the midst of his prime. I like the Marcus Simeon one. I'm going to go back to the Twins 
for my leader, my my main, and I'm gonna go Kepler, Max Kepler there at the top of the order. I almost went Polanco, but he scored 100 last year, um, which I guess would be a good reason to pick him. But I I, I was gonna choose one of the top two uh, twins there, so I went with Kepler, um, who didn't quite reach 100. He had 98. Do you realize that a lot of his improvement last year was built on getting better against lefties? The reason I'm encouraged by that is, yeah, that might regress a bit, but he hit 236 against righties because of a 223 BABIP. I think Kepler's much better than that against righties. So I think there's actually some some growth there that even if he gives back some of the lefty gains, he more than exceeds them with gains against righties um, after last year's kind of weird year. So it's weird that he had a breakout while struggling uh, relatively because the power was still off the charts at 517 slug giving him a good 845 OPS, but he only hit 236. Uh, and he's going to be atop that disgusting lineup in Minnesota. So I got Kepler as my main um, for the Twins there. I like it. I, I lo- you, know, you know I love uh, Max Kepler. And again, another guy who is seemingly underrated, especially considering that Twins you know, lineup. So, I mean, he's one of those guys that you get a big piece of that Twins lineup, but you're not having to pay the, the extraordinary price for it. Exactly. That's what I like about it, um, and that's why I'll be continuing to draft Kepler um, in, in any drafts I do here for the uh, for the 60-game sprint. And then a little bit further off the radar, maybe not in terms of talent, he's probably more regarded than Kepler, but as far as runs uh, being the run scored leader, I think Yoel Mankata is a little bit off the radar in comparison. But he had an amazing year last year, and I understand that there was Babbitt fueling some of those gains, but I think there was a lot of skill improvement too. Um, he sacrificed some of the walks and struck out a bit more to be more aggressive and attack. I think going, I think last year, or excuse me, um, 18, I think he had the most called third strike strikeouts and it was, you know, it was passivity, right? So it's like, great. You had a 10% walk rate, but you had a 33% strikeout rate. So he slices a few points off of that walk rate, brings the strikeout rate down a bit and just really, Attacks. Now, he had a 406 Babbitt. Don't really expect that for Moncada to continue. But I don't think we need that to continue either. He can be in the mid-300s. He's got great power. He's got speed. I like that lineup a lot, too. Everyone's been loving the White Sox lineup. He's going to be batting two. I think that's a good spot. I think he could definitely lead the league in runs. So, Yo Moncada is my second pick. Yo Moncada, now you here? <laughs> I like Moncada a lot. So, uh, And, uh, again, the guy you don't have to necessarily break the bank for uh, I haven't gotten him in a lot of teams only because third base is just so deep, but I, I do is. like him. Yeah, and if you're going for your own targets, you just might miss some of the other greatness that's there. I, I feel the same way about Moncada in that instance, but uh, that doesn't mean I wouldn't take him. It's just that I'm usually set at third base with other guys I like just a little bit ahead of him. But if I got, quote-unquote, stuck with him, I would never be mad. All right, let's go to the NL. Your, uh, your main for leading the league in runs. I'm going to take two guys, both going outside the top 200 picks, according to NFBC ADP. So here are two guys that are being drafted uh, way too late, considering where they're back. Can I guess one? Yeah, sure. Brian Reynolds? No. Oh, okay. There you go. So, uh, uh, no, these are two other guys. I think Reynolds is actually inside the top 200. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, let's hear it. I'm excited. I I could be wrong. Uh, the first one is Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, I love that pick, dude. Yes. You know, say what you want about the Phillies. That lineup is still really, really good, especially at the top. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to be leading off. Uh, I think he, you know, his price is still obviously depressed because uh, he was scheduled to miss the opener of the season back when the season was going to start in March. Uh, mm-hmm. That's no longer the case. And he is now going to be leading off in that great ballpark, in that Beast East, uh, and uh, and with guys like Segura, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto batting behind him. I, I really like Andrew McCutcheon. I love it. He's an OBP god. Um, yeah, that that's a slam dunk there. That's a great call out. Who's your other one? Uh, so my my deep uh, my deep reach is Brandon Nimmo. Oh yeah, speaking of speaking of OBP God, I mean that is his primary skill, and uh, I imagine you're going to talk about how the Mets lineup is sneaky nice too. Yeah, Go ahead. The Mets lineup is sneaky nice, and 
you know, he's going to be hitting in front of Jack M- Jeff McNeil, who gets on base uh, quite a bit as well and, and is a really, really uh, good contact hitter. You know, obviously you and I are both down on Pete Alonso from a, a value standpoint and where he's going in drafts, but he's still yeah. going to knock in a bunch of runs, and, and Nimmo is going to be a huge part of that. Cano, J.D. Mar- uh, JD Davis, uh, Michael Conforto. Uh, it's so weird that Cano bats fourth and Cano, or Conforto, Conforto sixth. Six. I, I, that should be flipped. That's um, some veteran love there. Yeah. That's like some yeah. legacy Listen, he, he, We're paying him to bat fourth. He's batting fourth. Yep. Yeah, so. We have to, we have to mm-hmm. justify it. It's like, Maybe that'll get switched. Though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do like that lineup a lot. And Nimmo is projected to lead off at least versus right-handers. Uh, and depending on how Cespedes is doing, though, I mean, reports are Cespedes is doing fairly well. Um, you know, he could uh, he could lead off just full time there. I mean, do they really want Jake Marisnik roaming out there? I, I don't know that they do. So uh, I like Nimmo a lot. Yeah, I think that and in, in the, the, the price is nice, too. And if he does, if Nimmo does at least get some of the time against lefties and not fully get platooned. He's got a good opportunity there because I think even Cespedes coming back is going to be primarily DH. So it shouldn't really impede upon what Nimmo does out there in center. Not that he's a great center fielder, but I think it's better to have Nimmo than a uh, fresh off of injury Cespedes roaming around in center. So those are good call outs there. I love, 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 love the catch pick getting him everywhere I can. I think he's just a beast at the top of that lineup. I was getting him everywhere I could last year too. And then, until, um, well, I don't know who to blame. Do you blame the guy who pulled the little sneaky movie in Kinsler, or do you pull the guy who didn't run it out, which I believe was Gene Segura? Um, as far as as far as the McCutcheon injury, it was like a little floater in the infield that Kinsler let drop because Kutch was just going back to first, and whoever was out of the box again, I think it was Segura, but I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, chastise somebody who doesn't deserve it, but they didn't bust it out of the box. So Kinsler was able to let it drop, throw to first to get the guy out and tag. But then Kutch got in a rundown, and that's when he busted up his leg. So I hate whoever did that. Yeah. I, do, you blame, do you blame the fielder or the hitter? I blame the fielder a little bit. <laughs> I know. It's such a douche move. Yeah. Like, I know it's savvy, and I, I got to be honest – this is my my one mention per episode of MLB The Show. Someone did it to me in MLB The Show the other day, and it worked. It usually doesn't. It's almost like they delay the fielder reaction to make sure you can't do it. But somebody did it to me. I was like, like good move, but you're such a tryhard. And that's what Kinsler was, is a tryhard. Um, anyway, I love Kutch. Great great picks on both of them. I've got my obvious and my uh, my sneak tip. I got Ozzy Albies as the, uh, as, as the higher-end pick. Great lineup, great player, top of the order. Love Albies. I do not think we've seen the best of Albies yet. I'm not even sure it's been particularly close. Whether he's leading off or batting second, doesn't matter. They added Marcelo Zuna there, although they really just replaced Josh Donaldson. That's more of a a neutral move. I will say, the latter part of that lineup, I do not love. I do think that there's well, there some challenge there. And they may have lost Freddie Freeman for a while if, and yes. – uh, Mark Akis just opted out. So he did opt out. Now I will say that, like I think Adam Duvall can uh, equate what what Mark Akis would do offensively, or Austin Riley, or however that goes. But Freeman would be a massive loss, and if he is not going to play for a set number, a set bit of time, then the Albies pick would be changed. But hopefully he gets back. There's reports that he's feeling better today. Hopefully he's ready to go for opening day. Freeman is because he's obviously instrumental into getting Albies to the top of the leaderboard there in runs. But then my little uh, off-the-radar pick is Shogo Akiyama atop the uh, Cincinnati Reds lineup. Love it. He cuts an Adam Eaton-type figure with the ability to take walks, hit for average. Great lineup there. You love you love that Cincy lineup. I mean, uh, they, they run top to bottom. Nick Senzel can DH now. Or Aristides Aquino, they've got they've got plenty of guys there for that spot uh, for righties and lefties. To be honest, Josh Van Meter, Philip Bourbon, et cetera, et cetera. So I really like the depth of that lineup. I think Akiyama's going to transition into the league nicely, and he could absolutely lead the league in runs. So he's my secondary pick. Mm-hmm. Like well, yeah, right. like both those guys. Ribby's time, and again, harder to be sneaky with ribbies because you pretty much got to be leading the league. Uh, or you got to be in the heart of a good order and a stud 
hitter. Uh, but who do you got anyway? Mm, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna go uh, Devers. Okay, that's a good one. I, I wanted to get Devers in here somewhere, mm-hmm. whether it was runs or average or ribbies, and I didn't. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you gave him some love here. Talk to us about Devers after the breakout last year. You're buying into it then? Yeah, I'm totally buying into it, and I think Same. there still is another level uh, for him uh, as well. So I really like Devers, uh, and you know, if, if I'm getting him in the second round, I'm usually feeling pretty good about my team. Yeah, I can I can totally see that, and I think the Bogarts Devers. Martinez trio should lighten losing bets, uh, should lighten the hit of losing bets. It's still tough to lose such a premium player. You can never just erase it. And Verdugo is going to go in and, you know, do the best that he can, but he will never be able to make them forget about bets. But those other three superstar hitters will certainly do their part in, uh, in keeping that offense afloat there. So I like the Devers pick who's a little bit more uh, off the radar type. I mean, this, like you said, this is a hard one because you're looking for someone who's usually batting, you know, third, fourth, or fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, I was going to go uh, our boy Jorge Soler again, but I think I'll go Matt Chapman. Okay, great. Just just great. to have a guy going a little bit later, a little bit different. Yeah, I like that. And obviously, I, I love Chapman. I think the obvious comps to Donaldson work. In every in every possible way, so I, I have no issue when people make that. Sometimes the easiest comps are the right ones, and he just looks the part fully, which means we've got more offense coming to where he could, you know, I, I could see an MVP caliber season. I really could. He had 91 ribbies last year, 36 homers. He only hit 249. I think there's some upside in that batting average for Matt Chapman. We like the lineup over there too. You, we've already highlighted Semyon and Olson, so I think add it all up, it makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I mean, he's another one of those guys like Semyon whose value gets hurt a little bit by not playing a full year mm-hmm. because his defense is so good that he gets to stay in the lineup no matter what. And he doesn't so, miss. Yeah. yeah, he's just going to keep accumulating stats. So obviously he gets hurt a little bit by that, but you know, Loriano and Simeon in, ahead of him, uh, Matt Olson behind him is still a pretty good lineup. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a good call with, with regards to the – uh, playing time issue there, but he is still going to play probably close to all sixty if they get if they get all sixty off. And I love what Matt Chapman can do, and just watching him play defense is something I've definitely missed this summer. To the point where, yes, I've watched a highlight reel of just Matt Chapman plays. We watched it on stream the other day, and you know what? My Twitch should have been taken down for porn because it was that nice. It was it was it was that sexy uh, to watch him out there making great plays. So I like the uh, the Chapman pick with Devers. For my American League, I agree with you. It is really difficult to try to get creative or cute. I, I am going to just go cruise. Um, we could have put him in every damn category except for stolen bases. But, uh, you know, sticking with the Twins, staying obvious there. Of course, he could lead, if he can lead the league in homers, the RBIs will follow because that lineup is so good. They aren't, there aren't going to be many solos. So I know I'm not saying a whole lot to add to the mix here, but I'm going to go Cruz as the, uh, the sneak tip, or I mean as the obvious. And then as the sneak tip, would he count because he has COVID if I took Joey Gallo? Um, I mean, I th- supposedly he is asymptomatic, so yeah. I think there is a chance that he could be, you know, back in two weeks, and then you know, only let's see, that puts what we're on, we're at July. Seventh. If it's two weeks, twenty first. He's back twenty first. A few days before. Yeah, he gets you know may- maybe he doesn't play the first weekend, but he plays after that, so maybe he plays fifty four games. Yeah, so I'm gonna pick him. Um, again, we're not we're not coming up with guys going later than pick 200 for this category. It's just it's too hard now. Based on what we said at the outset about how everything's gonna be wild, it is gonna be somebody picked 340 who just randomly <laughs> goes off. And maybe we'll do that on another episode. By the way, as I'm looking at the clock here, I think we're gonna have to do pitching for Thursday, um, or else we're gonna be end up end up doing a three hour episode here, which I know some people would not mind. But I do not have the time for that today, so we, we'll, we'll cut it here after this. But um, maybe maybe down the line we do league leaders after pick 300 or after pick 200 or something like that too to really highlight 
some of those off the radar type that, guys. That'll be easier with pitching than it will be with uh, with hitting. Absolutely. So, all right, let's shift over to the National League then with Ribbies and uh, and wrap us up here. Ooh, let's see. I'm gonna. I'll take Josh Bell. Um, oh, for your main as a guy. I mean, I you know the easy answer is a guy like the Rocky. Yeah, as a rock, Arenado or Bellinger, um, uh, or you know what, uh, Harper. I, I'm gonna take Harper actually. You're go Harper Bell. Har- mm. Bell would work as an off the radar type guy because of Pittsburgh. Yeah. So yeah, so I'll take Harper. I'll take Harper and Bell. As, okay. my, as my two like guys, uh, like we mentioned, that the, especially that top of that Phillies lineup is is really really good. Uh, and as much as people like to give Harper crap for his contract, he was actually pretty good last year. He really was. Like he constantly gets judged through the prism of his MVP year, which is not really fair. It's not that he's been bad since. No, he hasn't put up another year like that because hardly anybody's ever put up a year like that. Yeah. And I know he's had some injury issues, but I always find myself on on the side of being a Harper backer. And if you watch Foolish Baseball's YouTube channel, he did a video on him recently that really highlighted just how good he's been. And really outside of 2016 when he had a 111 WRC+, plus, um, and he was still pretty good fantasy that year because of 24 homers, 21 steals. But But overall, only 2.9 war that year. That's really the only one in the last five that you can say was a downer season. Um, and then the other one would be 2014 when he only played 100 games. But that one has a little bit more built-in excuse because he only played 100 games. Injury played a role, and that's why he had a 1.6 war. But Harper's a monster, and I find it weird when people uh, don't agree with that. Like We have him for 4.6 war last year. And if you do the loose dollars per war translation, that's $37 million. That's more than he made. So he remain, He continues to be worth what he's being paid relative to um, you know, just on the field, let alone what he does off the field. So I think that's a great call out. I do want to give you a moment or two on Bell, though, because I, th- I think he's been an obvious regression candidate. And when I was writing up this bargain piece yesterday about like, don't take these guys here, take these other guys later, for my first baseman, I said, don't pay the premium for Alonzo, get Josh Bell instead. And I was doing a deeper dive on him. This dude is a monster. And I really think there's a lot to like in his profile that makes him legitimate. So talk to me a bit about, about what he could do. And I think you're keen on the top of that lineup there. That's why he could lead the league in ribbies because of Reynolds and Kevin Newman um, ahead of him. So go ahead and talk about Josh Bell. Yeah, I mean, the top of that lineup is not world beaters for sure. Like we're, no. we're, we're not going to equate them uh, with the top of the Dodgers lineup, with the top of the Braves lineup. Uh, with the top of really many other lineups, but Kevin Newman and uh, Brian Reynolds and even Adam Frazier, like they can all, uh, you know, make contact, get on base. They're all like decent, scrappy players uh, that can set the table for a guy like Josh Bell. And I mean, we saw the immense power that was unleashed in his bat, and he also adds in really, really good plate discipline. So yes. I just, I you know, and let's be honest, like the weakest part of Josh Bell's game is defense. Well, now the DH is there. So if his defense is starting to cost the team, not that they really care what it costs them because they're a team that sucks anyways, and they're not, they're not going to be good. So maybe they don't care if his defense sucks. Um, but I mean, he, he has the opportunity maybe on those off days to now play DH. Uh, I just think he's a guy that could hit, you know, 14, 15 home runs in this shortened season. Uh, you know, hit 275 uh, and drive in a fair amount of runs. So, I mean, he he drove in 116 last year. No reason to think he can't drive in 35 this year. No, I can see it. Um, and like I said, after a deep dive on him, I was like, okay, no, I, I get it. Um, and I think that his backers, it makes sense why, why they would want to be in, especially at first base, which can be a weird position, that if you don't want to overpay for one of the top guys, you dip down, you wait for Bell, and you feel very good about where you're at at first base. So for my National League picks, I will go with a Rocky, but I'll go with the second most obvious one. I will not go Arenado because he is projected to lead the league by uh, by ATC. I'll go with Story. Now, it's tough because we got him batting second because so they can do a left-right, left-right type of deal there with Dahl, Story, Blackman, Arenado. Don't know if Blackman's going to be ready to go. He did have COVID. Um, not exactly sure what's going on with that. But 
the potency of Colorado uh, and Coors Field is such that even somebody batting second, I think, could lead the league in ribbies. Um, so I think Trevor Story could do it. Not a whole lot to say there. He's great, Coors, et cetera, et cetera. Focus more a little bit on my uh, on my off-the-wall pick. Not even that far off the wall. I've already mentioned how much I like the Cincinnati lineup. So I'm going to take Mike Moustakis. Almost took Castellanos, but they got him batting fifth, which a fifth guy can do it. But I think the guy batting four, which is Moose, who we have, is going to clean up. You know, at, it's, They should name that a cleanup spot because I feel like when the first three guys get on, the fourth guy comes in to clean things up and like clean off the bases. Have they ever thought about calling that spot the cleanup role? I think they might have. I don't know for mm-hmm. sure, though. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. So I, I, I'm, okay. I'm dubbing it the cleanup spot. Uh, you know what? This might catch on. <laughs> But yeah, they got we got Moose four. If that ends up being Castellanos, I, I would basically the four hitter for Cincinnati. So I'll, I'll call it a Moose cast uh, hybrid there. But I just I love that lineup, and I actually love both of those players. So I'll take whomever it is, um, and I really think that they could be in for their best year ever. And it is such a bummer that we didn't get a full season because I really wanted to see what a full year of that Cincinnati club could do. Now with a shortened season, they could get. They could get variants out of anything um, by going on like a you know ten day skid where they go two and eight and all of a sudden that's that's the end of it. Whereas in, in June, if that happens of a normal season, we barely blink at it. But I like the Cincinnati lineup a lot, so I'll go with the uh, the four hitter, whoever it is, Moose slash Castellanos. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Moose a lot. So I, I I thought about picking him, but I figured you would considering we talked about him. Or, uh, I think we talked about it before, Eric. So yes, um, yeah. So yeah, I, th- I figured you'd probably take him there. He, he's he's a beast, and I think he's going to take to that park. And we talked about the central, and I talked about the lefty situation for Winker. Obviously, it's even better for somebody like Moose, who uh, is a real premium type power hitter who could really go off. And as far as the AL Central, y- you never know how much to rate these factors, but he's acclimated. You know, he grew up with KC. Um, so he's been around the, that division and he's even been around the, uh, NL central, even though he's on a new team cause he was with Milwaukee. So old hat for moose. And uh, that's going to do it though, with our five categories talking about who we think we could, uh, the odds on favorite type winners, and then a little bit off further off the radar Thursday, we'll do pitching. And I think that will probably offer up some, some wilder answers, because I think every category you can get a little funky with it, whereas with some of these hitting categories, it's hard to get too wild, barring, you know, unforeseen injuries, right? We'd, we'd have to know who's going to go out with an injury or have to be quarantined to open up a spot for somebody or else you just can't get that creative with RBIs and, and, and um, you know, even, even like runs because they have to be at the top half of the lineup. So anyway, Justin, great talking with you. Hopefully – we don't have a bunch of COVID cases to report next Thursday or in Thursday in two days, but I bet you we do. So <laughs> good luck in, in, in the rest of your main event qualifier. Uh, depending on how far that is, we'll probably talk a little bit about that at the top of the show. Otherwise, have a great Tuesday and I'll talk to you in a few. All right. Take it easy.